Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. The baby, please. I have a dream. Shouldn't we consider in every nation a fundamental restructuring of economic, political, social, and religious institutions? We have come here to let you know that change is coming, whether you like it or not. Undo reality and remake it in a way that allows for a more hopeful present. Hi everyone, welcome to Cosmic. Human beings on planet Earth trying to figure out what the hell is going on here. It feels like entrepreneurs in emerging markets are going to take over the world. And sitting beside me is someone who has been facilitating and accelerating this process for a few years now. Alizé Detonac, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay. Um, I'm going to raise your volume here a little bit. Sure. And we are ready to start. We're sitting here on the table of a kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a kitchen in the background, washing machine over there. <laughs> Where are we? We're in one of our seat spaces. So it's our kind of co-working space, but there are also in many places around the world a co-living aspect to it. Mm. Um, and it's just a way for us to physically also reunite the community we work with and be more present on the ground in these markets. Well, you're going to tell us everything about it. I'm very happy that we can make some time uh, on a short notice. You started a, a competition format back in 2013, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you've been very active. You've been named uh, 30, uh, 30 under 30 by Forbes. You've, you're very uh, visible in the in the in the community and um i have a lot of questions for you <laughs> <laughs> so um maybe starting by just the basic pitch of yep. what is what there are different components to your work yes. i suppose so I, i just let you take it from here sure so um yeah exactly so back in 2013 we launched seed stars Um, with this mission to have an impact in emerging markets because we had traveled there and, and thought there was so much to do. And we believe we're at that sweet spot between entrepreneurship, technology, and of course the rise of um, emerging markets taking over kind of the map. Um, and so for that, we wanted to really invest in these high growth businesses in, in these markets and quickly realized that if we wanted to do this in a sustainable way, we had to participate in building the ecosystem, so increasing the pipeline of these great companies to invest in. Um, so we have different initiatives on the capacity building side from the competition that you mentioned to shed light on these entrepreneurs and, and really put them on the tech map, um, but also support, train them, um, and of course, invest in these businesses. Right. So you're covering the whole spectrum exactly. of capacity building. And I think you have to, if you really want to invest in these markets, um, you have to be comfortable um, in participating in building the infrastructure that right. is going to support these entrepreneurs. When did you come to that realization? Where were you? Where, what was, was there a turning point or was there a succession of, of um, happenings that led you to have the, it's a very ambitious vision. Mm. Um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
as it should be for, yeah. for every project. But um, yeah, do you remember a moment in particular? A moment, I'm not sure, but it was really uh, through the first world tour that we did for the competition. Um, I was part of it, so I really traveled. At that time, we, we chose 20 uh, cities and um, every city became more and more obvious um, that that already what we could have an impact and it was very tangible what we could be doing on the ground. Uh, we met so many of these great entrepreneurs but didn't have at all access to the same opportunities. And so whilst we were starting to kind of build our own companies in Europe, it was no way. I mean, we've got to go straight to these markets. The, the opportunities are huge. The talent is there. Some, a realization that we had, unfortunately, we had to go on the ground to be struck by that. Um, and then it kind of quite naturally uh, became obvious and our niche, emerging markets, even though it's a big one. Right. And so for those who are not really familiar with, with what's going on in emerging markets, uh, so you're talking about you know, a lot of talent available and yeah. a lack of structure and all that, um, what are reasons why they're really worth, in, worth investing as opposed to more mm. uh, conventional markets that investors are looking at? Well, you know, we always talk about the West and the rest. Well, it's really clear that the rest is taking over the West. And um, I mean, just if you look at the macro numbers, we're talking about over 85% of world population is located in these markets. And of course, it's heavily represented also by China and India still being part of this kind of frontier market ecosystem. Um, you look at youth, I mean, so people under the age of 30, we're talking about nearly 90% in the next 10 years will be located in these markets. Internet penetration is just growing extremely rapidly. So you can potentially connect with every citizen in the world and, and, and sell a service to a potential consumer um, in all these regions. So um, it becomes quite obvious that they become very attractive markets. But on top, there is an unbelievable talent pool um, that is still, if I may say so, raw in many aspects because right. there is those education gaps, infrastructure gaps. Um, and that's what we are betting on is can we help build that infrastructure to get them faster to to build sustainable businesses in these regions. Yeah, because those entrepreneurs are uniquely positioned to uh, work the access to markets in those regions where culture is so important and where yeah. The, yeah. And there's the the just the, the the general passion and drive to build their local regions and support their communities. Huh? Yeah, like we have. Is there one reason why you personally were um, attracted by by those areas of the world? Um, why why did you mm. did not um, why didn't you go to to the conventional entrepreneurship ecosystem that we have here in Europe or in the U.S.? What is there a reason besides the no, rational analysis? I think it's more uh, my background where I have grown up in different parts of the world and um, I'm kind of obsessed with traveling, extremely curious. Uh, I love being exposed to different cultures and I think that, uh, and, and that's not defined by if it's emerging or not ecosystem. Right. Um, so, so for me, that uh, it's a general kind of um, passion of mine to explore. 
Um, and it's true that we felt like with um, my partners that we would have more impact if we were in these markets where we could make a difference, whereas the more mature ecosystems didn't, didn't necessarily need our support. vision you you see it no one believes you as usual how do you go from there what what were sort of the 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 principles and the the avenues that you started exploring first um maybe chronologically you can tell us a little bit about the the competition format why mm -hmm. you chose the competition format and what were all the sort of spin-off projects from there The, the objective was to have um, so already why did it why did we stick with our vision and we're still here six years later is because we were a core team of six and everyone's still here and everyone's kind of signed for the next five to ten years and I think that's fundamental because how, I how would, do you reach that 
I don't, I don't know, we, we, um, we were really fortunate and uh, Pierre-Alain and Michael were, were um, uh, one of the, co-found, the, the co-founders, they were very strict in, in, in selecting the right members where we would all align on values versus anything else. Um, and so that's always helped us during the highs and lows. Mm. which are as absurd. Right. <laughs> um, and I think that really is still, and an, when we also screen and, and invest in, in companies, still is one of the kind of key ingredients is if the founders are still here and if they've really complemented one another in pushing forward the vision and, and implementing the experiments to get to that vision. Mm. So that before anything is for me one of the main reasons why I'm still here because I have such good partners mm. um, that, that with whom I'm working with. Um, but then for us, it was always to build um, profitable and sustainable businesses in these markets. So we knew we had to reach to that portfolio of businesses um, how there were different avenues. So either you built, built your own companies, either you invested in them, and then there was all these hybrid kind of solutions. Um, and the competition was fundamental to build a brand because it was so important to st- us that were nobodies to start building something that had value enough to certify these entrepreneurs to a larger network of investors, suppliers, partners, right. governments. Were they like uh, pitching competitions with, yes. with awards? Can you, exactly, can you, yeah. exactly. So it was really kind of this marketing as a powerhouse that would allow us to, to build a brand that would be credible to support these entrepreneurs, but also to, to build a network mm. um, because we needed to access all the right stakeholders that were building these ecosystems and collaborate with them and, and try to figure out what were these unfair advantages that we could put in place to help scale these businesses. Um, and it, it worked. I mean, we really have now a global network and we can access private public institutions in all these markets that really believe in the mission and and love the idea of being part of something global. And at the same time today, Seed Stars, um, I mean, I, I see the entrepreneurs putting it on their website, uh, using it really to, to help the, um, to help help them open doors and that was the objective of the brand mm, right and in launching um, in launching such a competition there's also all the component of the building relationship with the with the funders the investors yeah. and that community there mm. um, have you tapped into a specific pool of investors obviously with some interest in emerging mm. markets I suppose were they uh, mostly local um, or regional um, yeah. stakeholders or um, so, so what we tend to see in the more more nascent ecosystem it's usually external funding that comes in um, and it comes in the form of uh, foundations development banks uh, public institutions that are very driven by an impact mission of building the ecosystem um, so it's usually not necessarily uh, investment, uh, taking equity, but can start with grants and, and things like that. Um, this starts also to to build a, a local ecosystem that is more and more curious to diversify their portfolio. So the more traditional investors in, let's say, commodities, real estate in their markets are s- starting more and more to look at this. So you have the rise of business angel networks, um, high net worth individuals or family offices that are looking into um, to investing in these entrepreneurs. So initially it was very much more global European institutions, corporates, foundations, high net worth individuals that would 
invest and more and more, which is a very good sign. We see the local ecosystem taking over and, mm. and putting in the tickets. Right. right. Mm. And um, today, can you, um, as of today, can you share a few numbers to give an, uh, give an idea of the of the progress and, mm. and the, the scale of your different initiatives? Because you have the competition is still yeah. running. Mm -hmm. Um, in, exactly. your, in your regions, you have um, a seated space. Exactly. So, uh, so some numbers. So the competition is still running. Um, it's now in 85 cities. We have over 8,000 applications per year. So it's a great funnel to really access kind of the an overview, have a good overview and map, mapping of the different startups. We have now 14 seat spaces around the world and hope to scale that in the in the next 18 months. Um, we operate acceleration programs. So these more long term training programs uh, where we've uh, invested in over 50 companies now. Um, quite early stage and now we're raising um, more uh, seed series A funds across the different continents so we just recently announced a hundred million fund that we would like to deploy across uh, sub-Saharan Africa um, and that we will slowly replicate in the different regions um, some numbers on the alumni so companies we've uh, accelerated or supported I think we don't have the last batch but they've raised cumulated over uh, 250 million um, wow. they've they represent 3,000 jobs directly. Um, so these are kind of the metrics that uh -huh. we have, but it's a long-term game. I mean, our first yeah, investments yeah. were, I think, three and a half years ago. So yeah. exits should come in the in the next uh, in the next five years, hopefully. Yeah. Did you know it would be that difficult or that easy? I don't know how, how you think <laughs> it. No, I had no idea it was this difficult. <laughs> Because Seedstars is my first entrepreneurial experience, so I think, and at the very beginning, I was extremely naive in thinking that uh, it would it would sound like the stories you read in TechCrunch and and all. Right. <laughs> Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, darling, kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, Please be true In other words I love you
song And let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore In other words, please be true In other words, I love you So looking at change more generally now, how change happens in, in society and the different uh, stakeholders and governments, the private sector, philanthropy, how do you see it? Like, because there are different, you know, of course it's a very complex question, but you must have a worldview about how entrepreneurship come, like what is the contribution of entrepreneurs and mm. startups into that uh, roadmap? Um. So, so our bet is that it's extremely fundamental in in having a, a sustainable and disruptive change in many industries. Um, we're very much, I mean, that's our approach, a very bottom-up approach um, to rethinking the way we've been doing things. And sometimes what's really fascinating and exciting about doing these investments and building these companies in emerging markets is because they don't have such a legacy of infrastructure, of, of consumer habits, of mm. citizen uh, kind of uh, roadmaps, it, it becomes a, a launch pad for innovation. We can really test from scratch, if I may say so, right. um, some great technologies. Um, so sometimes it's, it's very inspiring because we feel like the future of how we would think education should be run or healthcare systems, we could actually test it out at scale in these markets. Mm. Yeah, and it's only the the, um, the profile of this um, innovation journey that can bring this that quick. Uh, yeah. You think so? Yeah. So at scale, you will have to get involved with government, mm. with the, right. the private sector. I don't think you can in silo just completely disrupt a market and, and, and in the sense of really touching the mass. Mm. Uh, but at least to, to bring in that level of disruption and 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 sometimes I mean scare enough the private and public sector. Mm. Yeah, I believe entrepreneurs really are the game changers here. Right. Do you have a couple of stories or examples of projects that you like in particular or that are very telling? Yeah, and sometimes I, I really feel like some people in Europe expect this extremely disruptive, deep tech kind of solution, but when right. you have to imagine how people live on a day-to-day, -day, so it's not necessarily in the high tech that it's going to be exciting. It's more in the disruption of the business model and how you access these consumers or citizens. So um, we, we see it in so, many, in so many ways. I mean, when we talk about energy solutions in these markets, of course, it's these dis decentralized solar kits. Mm. And I always find it fascinating that we're green from day one, if I may say so, mm. when thinking of how to um, scale energy production and consumption in these markets or, um, or really simple models that are, that are so fundamental, like... Um, I, was, I was recently speaking with a, our Nigerian winner from last year and she, Vivian, launched MedSaf, which is just a platform that connects in a very transparent and professional way um, drug pharmaceuticals with clinics and pharmacies and different distributions in Nigeria. And you have to imagine that, for example, malaria, there's still a huge amount of death related to that because a lot of people 
um, buy substandard or fake drugs, huh? mm. where we're still at that level. And we see oh. it now in the food and its traceability. So all these simple business models have a huge impact um, on the quality of, of, of people's lives. Yeah. You lived in Nigeria yourself, I think? Or? Yeah, yeah. We That's where we launched our first incubation center. So in this case, our thesis was whilst we support, train, invest in entrepreneurs, we've got to build our own companies. Um, I think it's so fundamental in better understanding how to be a good investor and also what are the trainings needed and just understanding what these local markets are about. So we launched our first um, center around financial inclusion and we did four companies around that with two that are doing really well and now expanding to very frontier markets like um, Myanmar. Mm. Um, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was a great way to stay very relevant and on the ground to understand what were the issues with our talents, like to understand what were uh, the possible hurdles to scale such businesses. Yeah. What was your favorite thing about living in, in Nigeria? But, so for me, it's always people and food. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I, I, I rank. <laughs> My, my travel experiences, first? they tend to be equal. Okay. No, but um, so people were, were great. I think I was the, the exposure to, 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 to the, the, the continent and especially traveling around was really, really unbelievable. Mm. Food, um, unfortunately, I, I'm a bit biased because I didn't at all taste um, what Nigerian cuisine has to offer. But from the little I had, way too spicy. Like, okay. you faint spiciness. <laughs> That's not for me. <laughs> not for me either.
structured because you have a very global uh, mm. presence uh, you're actually making investments mm -hmm. you are accelerating yeah. there's this you know it must be a crazy model right? yeah um, so <laughs> indeed I think we had to to take a hit on the complexity of the structure to be able to go fast uh, right, and right. really support anywhere around the world. But if I had to simplify it on one side, we really have uh, the Seed Stars community, which are all the activities related to supporting, educating entrepreneurs on the ground. And then we have our different vehicles, which um, allow us to make the investment um, in the entrepreneurs. And of course, some are local, regional, depending on if we have a space, um, if we have a, an investment vehicle, etc. So it's it's a bit complex. Right. And uh, we have, I'm that sure. means uh, 140 people spread out across, I think, uh, 60 markets. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 Can you talk about the importance the the importance of the um, the space and the, and the, the the conditions entrepreneurs uh, work mm. in in and this kind of you know hustle and struggle of the early yeah. stage of the journey and how you got thinking about that. But for us, it was really just a lifestyle. I mean, we don't. Uh, and I think it's it's very shocking when we do the interviews with potential candidates that want to join Seed Stars. Is and I think it's quite representative of our generation, which really doesn't separate purpose and profit. And so for them. Um, their work has to be an integral part of their values um, and has to represent what they believe um, they should be as a human on this earth. Um, and more than just pay a compensation, it has to be something fulfilling with the purpose um, that they, um, they have. And when all that aligns, you really have um, unbelievable entrepreneurs that... Um, that live by a lifestyle. And so this space was just a continuity of how we operate, how we work, how we see our day to day. Mm. Um, and we were not alone in this. We were just, we were representing a community of entrepreneurs that, that work, live, breathe by their yeah. uh, values and by what they do, because it's so painful. I mean, it's so intense and might right. as well be aligned with the person you want to be. If mm. not, it's, I don't think it's worth it. Right, right. Mm. Can we talk about the the way profit is perceived in, in maybe in different areas of the world, mm. or do you, do you do you see different uh, cultures in relation to profit and profit making and and how much and and this kind of mission driven versus profit uh, driven or profit for purpose? Or yeah, 
So it is generational. I think for every entrepreneur we represent, it's true we're more in the in the twenty five to to thirty five bracket. But and and I don't want to stereotype. I mean, really, we represent any entrepreneur that's building something. But um, yeah, as I was mentioning before, there there isn't a separation because it just makes sense to 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 build something where you have the right values that you set yourself as a person for your team, but also trying to build something that is sustainable for the environment and for the community. Because, I mean, I don't know if we are doing this out of pure uh, selflessness. It's just we don't have a choice anymore. We're, we're very um, aware of what is happening and we have too many studies and quantitative metrics that are proving that uh, we need to think differently how we're building and how we're scaling. So um, by emergency, we are all very um, concrete about that. But yes, that we, there are cultures where um, financial success really is uh, a clear mark of uh, success within the society. Yeah? Mm. And we saw it a lot in Asia, or but it, I mean, generally anywhere. I'm not against profit, and let's be very clear. No. In the contrary, it is a very clear indicator of the performance of your business and the sustainability of it. Mm. Mm, it's just I think we are very transparent and comfortable in readjusting it if we believe it has too much of a negative consequence within the company or outside. Yeah, and is there any uh, area, any sector that you're not really comfortable going into because of the uh, the effect you can have on society? Um, is there that kind of discussion or? Um, we like the tough discussions, so we will, in the contrary, look into industries that can be touchy, such as, I mean, financial services, because when you talk about uh, providing payments or loans uh, for companies or for individuals quickly there is a reflection on uh, what are the acceptable interest rate what is the acceptable uh, collateral and there are many conversations around that and you can have that across any industry um, because tackling the bottom of the pyramid is is so complicated um, but we're not idealists so we really believe it's in experimenting and figuring out a model that will be much more closer to a real solution than just sitting and hoping um, something happens. Right. Um, so it's, it's never scared us, the tough conversations and, and making the tough choices. Okay. Now it's time for a little bit of advice to <laughs> those entrepreneurs in emerging markets <clears throat> or, or people getting started <clears throat> in those markets. Like what, what would be the top three, top five, I don't know what things you, you would uh, tell someone mm. getting started. So for me, it's anyone getting started. I don't, yeah. I think okay. that that advice runs across any, any geography, but um, choose the right partners. It's too important. I really believe I am just the sum of the people I surround myself with. Mm. So surround yourself well mm. um, with people that can really uplift you, that can that abide by your values so that um, in the tough times or the tough decisions, you, you feel like you have the support and you have the right people that can power through. Um, Choose, don't focus too much on the idea. I still feel many entrepreneurs are waiting for the aha moment, whereas 
probably ever, anyone has already had this idea or it's it's nothing novel that it comes from you it's more how you'll execute it and 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 so my third advice would be really find ways um, to build resilience um, because that's your best shot at um, oh, taking the hits which will come constantly um, over a long period and it goes building your physical resilience your mental resilience your emotional resilience I find that so important in, 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 in this job how do you build your resilience your own <laughs> Um, I build it by trying really not to 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 shut out opportunities because I am someone that really struggles a bit with this. We call it the the imposter syndrome of feeling like you're never up to the task or right. up to the role. And uh, I've literally put a short list of people I can call at any time that reorient my mm. my, my my doubts. Um, I try also physically to to keep the, the machine, which is yourself. Uh, um, healthy and and powerful, so that you can take it on. Um, and yeah, and really, really, I've I've cut out all the noise and the people that you have that gut feeling of them mm -hmm. draining energy versus giving you energy, and yeah. and that's really important because we every year I do see more and more that the only thing I can't buy is time. <laughs> Riding on this know how.
listening on Spotify or on your favorite podcast app. Now it's time for a nice, inspiring wrap-up. <laughs> Great. No, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> it's coming. Um, no, but I, I'd like just to, to conclude to touch on, you know, this fact that more and more people are, well, aware uh, of the issues we're facing and of their root causes. Uh, more and more people are taking action, are starting mm. to steer their life in the direction of, you know, cha making mm. change or getting involved. How do you think? Um, how how can we accelerate this this transition for food? How does change happen in within people for them to start? Um, well, moving towards social entrepreneurship yeah. or, or, you know, mission-driven work in yeah. general. Huh. Mm. No pressure. Huh? Yeah, so I think it's a multitude of elements. Um, but what I do, f what I do see, which is, which always is, um, I find quite crazy, is that success really breeds success. And so there really is huge power in role models. Um, to start shifting the mindset and hence building social change. And so I do find that it's really our duty to share our stories, to share our best practices, to share the complications related to trying to make a change in, in whatever industry or whatever personal habit that we have on a day-to-day -day so that we can at a systemic level, start having an influence um, to a much wider audience. Mm. Um, but it is still a step-by-step -step process. And there won't be... A, right. from, yeah, it's not overnight, and that's okay. And, yeah. and I really believe we have to be comfortable with it being the journey, with, with us having to, again, have that resilience to be comfortable to take on the many challenges that we have. Um, especially because we're always also, I believe, working for also a next generation and, and we've got to think about what we are going to be leaving behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what's next for you in the coming months and coming weeks, months? Is there one, um, is it just general consolidation and building? Yeah. Or, yeah. I think for us, it's really, uh, we are starting to no longer be a startup and, and, and become a, a larger organization. And we're really, really tackling and challenging ourselves of how do we keep a level of chaos to stay agile while it's kind of scaling and, and being able to have people grow with the company and, and build their, their own family and their own community. So that's kind of our main challenge this year if I may say so <laughs> thank you for passing by making thank some you time. it was great to talk to you thank you for best listening best of luck congratulations on all the progress to date 
Um, see you soon on, on Cosmic for progress <laughs> progress report next year or something like that. Great. Looking forward. You can share Cosmic with your friends and colleagues. There is someone in your life who must like this show. And that's a great way towards turning your friends into change makers. They hear about all those fabulous profiles. See you soon. Suddenly, something in your eyes I see soon begins bewitching me. It's that old devil moon that you stole from the skies. It's that old devil moon in your eyes. You and your glance make this romance too hot to handle. Stars in the night. Blazing their light can hold a candle to your razzle dazzle. You got me flying high and wide on a magic carpet ride full of butterflies inside. Wanna cry, wanna croon, wanna laugh like a loon. It's that old devil moon in your eyes. Just when I think I'm free as a dove All the woman deep in your eyes blinds me with Blinds me.